And now, as we begin to look into the New Testament, our narrative comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 1 through 33. We'll see that just as children imitate their parents, we should follow God's example. His great love for us led Him to sacrifice Himself so that we might live. Our love for others should be of the same kind, a love that goes beyond affection to self-sacrificing service. Obscene stories and coarse jokes are so common that we begin to take them for granted. Paul cautions, however, that improper language should have no place in the Christian's conversation because it does not reflect God's gracious presence in us. How can we praise God and remind others of His goodness when we are speaking coarsely? Now, Paul does not forbid all contact with unbelievers. Jesus taught His followers to befriend sinners and lead them to Him. Instead, Paul writes against the lifestyle of people who make excuses for bad behavior and recommend its practice to others, whether they're in the church or outside of it. Such people quickly pollute the church and endanger its unity and purpose. We must befriend unbelievers if we're to lead them to Christ, but we must be wary of those who are viciously evil, immoral, or opposed to all that Christianity stands for. Such people are more likely to influence us for evil than we are to influence them for good. Now, as people who have light from the Lord, our actions should reflect our faith. We should live above reproach morally so that we'll reflect God's goodness to others. Jesus stressed this truth in His great Sermon on the Mount. We'll also read here today in the book of Ephesians that it's important to avoid the worthless deeds of evil and darkness, that is, any pleasure or activity that results in sin. But we must go even further. Paul instructs us to expose these deeds, because our silence may be interpreted as approval. God needs people who will take a stand for what's right. Christians must lovingly speak out for what is true and right. By referring to these days as evil, Paul was communicating his sense of urgency because of evil's pervasiveness. We need the same sense of urgency because our days are also difficult. We must keep our standards high, act wisely, and do good whenever we can. And now let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. September 27th, the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 33. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes— these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord, so live as people of light. 
for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. A reading here in the book of Psalms comes from Psalm 69. Verses 19 through 36. You know, having our sin exposed, brought out into the light, can fill us with a sense of dread or found out. Well, in this psalm, David knows that he is laid bare before the gaze of our holy God. But he also knows that God loves him in spite of his sin, so even while admitting his faults, he asks for God's reassuring presence and love. He cries out to be redeemed and for the defeat of his enemies. Now that's bold confidence. And that's the same way God is with us today. Yes, we're just like David in the sense that we know we really don't deserve God's wonderful grace and mercy. Yet at the same time, we're counting on it to save us from our enemies or bad circumstances. Have you ever been the victim of an assault on your character? If so, you know the heavy burden it places on your heart. David feels isolated, so he looks around the landscape of his life for anyone who has something good to say, some words of comfort to lift him out of the dark pit of despair. But he finds no one. Sometimes when we've been misunderstood or even attacked, we want someone, a friend, anyone to rescue us, vindicate us, tell us we're okay, or 
that we did the right thing. We're looking for words of wisdom and understanding and a healing balm, but the only words we hear are those of further condemnation, or at least those words come out that way, even when they're not intended to be that way. Even when our friends try to comfort us in some difficult situation, if they don't know what to say or how to help, well, their efforts or their words can actually add to our burden. And that's what happens to David here in this psalm. And it makes him angry. So he cries out for vengeance and curses these people with some very strong words. It's amazing how we can, with the same tongue, praise God and curse people. Psalm 69, verses 19 through 36. You, Lord, know of my shame, scorn, and disgrace. You see all that my enemies are doing. Their insults have broken my heart, and I am in despair. If only one person would show some pity, if only one would turn and comfort me. But instead, they give me poison for food. They offer me sour wine for my thirst. Let the bountiful table set before them become a snare, and their prosperity become a trap. Let their eyes go blind so they cannot see, and make their bodies shake continually. Pour out your fury on them, consume them with your burning anger. Let their homes become desolate, and their tents be deserted. To the one you have punished, they add insult to injury, they add to the pain of those you have hurt. Pile their sins up high, and don't let them go free. Erase their names from the book of life. Don't let them be counted among the righteous. I am suffering and in pain. Rescue me, O God, by your saving power. Then I will praise God's name with singing, and I will honor him with thanksgiving. For this will please the Lord more than sacrificing cattle, more than presenting a bull with its horns and hooves. The humble will see their God at work and be glad. Let all who seek God's help be encouraged. For the Lord hears the cries of the needy. He does not despise his imprisoned people. Praise Him, O heaven and earth, the seas, and all that move in them. For God will save Jerusalem and rebuild the towns of Judah. His people will live there and settle in their own land. The descendants of those who obey Him will inherit the land, and those who love Him will live there in safety. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 7 Wisdom is too lofty for fools. Among leaders at the city gate, they have nothing to say.